Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode in our five-part exploration with Nick Gallo of five of the top books he read in his 100-book challenge. Nick, first of all, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Tom. Hello, everybody. Nick, of course, is the Chief Servant Officer at Compliance Line. And today we're going to take up a book that I think every compliance officer needs to read, which is The Fearless Organization by Amy Edmondson. Nick, first of all, if I could ask you, why did you select this book? So compliance is this unique thing, right? This market that we serve, these functions that we serve. It's this really unique thing. It's kind of new. It wasn't around 100 years ago. And we're still trying to kind of find our way. We're still kind of growing up into our adolescence. And what it's kind of grown into is, you know, what I would almost call the circulatory system of an organization, right? What is compliance's job? It's meant to keep the organization out of of trouble. Uh, It's meant to reinforce the right behaviors. Us getting in trouble is the result of a behavior. An organization is just a bunch of people who volunteer to show up at the same place every day, right? No one's putting a gun to their head to show up at work. And so... In that collective, what is the name of the game? The name of the game is how do we direct all these different individuals in this knowledge work environment? How do we align them toward a particular mission? And how do we get more out of them, right? So compliance's job is essentially to run as the circulatory system through the organization to help inform those behaviors so that people can do their jobs more effectively. We've had to keep people out of trouble, for sure. That's sort of the seatbelt. Let's all... We also have the ability to be a spoiler on the car if we can help reinforce that culture, drive those right behaviors, and really unleash the unique gifts that are. All of our companies are full of people that have a three-pound nuclear reactor between their ears. Well, let's unleash that, and then we can achieve our goals more quickly. So the compliance teams that, that we serve that have understood and grabbed on to this added dimensionality to their job. I think they've started to see a lot of magic happen in their organizations, not only in terms of like not having to fight for budget so much, but also in terms of like making the dent on their world that they think they can make. So back to your question, this thing, the lifeblood of the most successful organizations in the future are going to be organizations that understand the difference between the industrial age, which we've come out of, and the knowledge work age, which we're in right now. Those who can understand those differences and animate their teams and their workforces to pursue the organizational objectives more quickly are going to be the ones that truly separate. And I just think to kind of come full circle, compliance is in a unique position, perhaps more than any other department in the organization, aside from sort of the CEO who sets vision, but to actually carry it out, they're in a unique position to actually do that. So I love this concept. We've seen a ton of massive Everything they talk about in this book about the benefits that come from incorporating psychological safety and trying to build a fearless organization, we started to see in this sort of cultural overhaul that we've been a part of at Compliance Line. It's a lot more fun way to go to work every day. I need to talk a little bit about my backstory to really explain why this book was so important to me. And the Department of Justice has finally said that organizational justice is not only mandatory within a company, but it's mandatory for the compliance function to lead that effort. And organizational justice, whether you call it organizational justice or institutional justice, it's basic fairness. 
It's fairness in emotions. It's fair, fairness in discipline. It is making it uh, having a safe place to raise your hand. And my father was a World War II vet. And he later became an engineering professor. And then he, for reasons still unclear to me, became a labor arbitrator. And as a labor arbitrator, he felt that the working man was entitled to due process. Companies certainly have the right to discipline. That's their prerogative, but they have to follow a process of institutional fairness. And in the labor arbitration world, there was a seven-step process. And if you didn't follow that process, he would put the person back to work. And what was interesting was he developed those ideas about institutional justice from his experiences in World War II. He didn't view that as a fight for democracy. He viewed it as a fight for justice for the working man. So he developed those ideas over a long time. I saw that as a direct line to institutional justice in a compliance program. But what Amy does is I think she takes that a step further. And that's the psychological safety, certainly for speak up culture. And I think that's well documented now how powerful a speak up culture can be. But I was most interested when I heard Andy Hinton and Andy was until March, the chief compliance officer at Google. He retired and is off on a new venture now. And he said he viewed his job at Google was to unleash the potential of the workforce. He's got it. That's right. I think that's spot on. That's exactly the next phase of this thing that we got to get to, because now we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about cost centers anymore. We're talking about we got to put more nitrous into this fuel tank to get this thing going, going faster. I think that is exactly it, because captured in that statement is all the seatbelt stuff that goes along with the compliance function, obviously. So the academic work that's looked at the cost savings of hotlines, the next step is going to be what's going to be the the positive delta on an ROI. And that's why I think every compliance officer needs to read this. And we need to have this continuing conversation about making the workplace safe so you can unleash that power. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head, Tom. What is that next phase? Many times these conversations, when folks go to their board or go to the CFO to get budget, it just evolves into ROI. Obviously, you need to have an ROI mind if you're going to run a successful business over the long term. I understand that. But the lack of direct attribution between the benefit and the cost should not, in all cases, prevent someone from making an investment that they should make, right? Like, just because you can't point to the pound of body weight you lost from eating salad last week doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to eat a healthy diet to get that, you know what I'm saying, that indirect outcome. So the speak up thing, we all know we we want more of it. There's a map, even in the best organizations, between 30 and 40% of things don't get reported. Those are in the healthiest, small, full kind of great culture organizations. So there's a ton of opportunity for us to get people to speak up more. To the point that you just made, one thing we're trying to do with some of our kind of more forward thinking clients is we're just giving them out these ideation lines because like, I want people to speak up about good things and bad things. Like whatever Hitton said, what was that quote? My job is to just unleash the workforce. Yeah. I want you to unleash it and be a human sensor and let me know if something's going wrong. And also I want you to let me know if you have an idea on how we can improve something. So an ideation line can help a workforce get into speaking up on something positive versus raising their hand about something negative. And many times you just have to kind of, you'll very quickly hit a tipping point when people recognize like, okay, they do want me to speak up. Well, it's easier to kind of step out onto that ice when I'm talking about, hey, we should move the printer or something. You know what I'm saying? But whatever you can do to get that moving forward, once the company, 
once the workforce believes that you want them to speak up, well, then you're going to get all kinds of good things. It's about getting us over that hump and making people feel comfortable and safe enough for them to voice their concerns. It would seem to me that compliance line might be uniquely situated to bring that message out. Is that something you guys are doing or have or thinking about maybe in the future using your platform to really help companies understand that? Yeah, I mean, that's what we've really been trying to do. Like anytime I'm on a call with a potential client or a current client, I'm just trying to push this stuff forward more. 10 years from now, we're going to be looking back on Hitton and being like, wow, he was a he was a real a real pioneer. Everyone's going to be saying that in, in 10 years. I'm just trying to compress that time and get us to accelerate toward it faster. And I think this kind of leads into a little bit of the next the next book. But if we can, you know, it's kind of back to what you were saying about the reciprocity. Like if we can give give somebody an ideation line, whether they're our client or not, and they can get their people to speak up more, well, then we're kind of fulfilling our mandate of trying to make the world a better workplace. And look, all the seeds you throw on the ground are not going to turn into oak trees. But if you plant enough seeds, you will have a copse of trees and you'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? So there's a huge opportunity here. Who's going to get people to speak up? It's us. It's the compliance folks. And that's the last mile in really unleashing our workforces in this new environment, which is the knowledge work environment, where we are our work, where the organizations are just naturally flatter and they're more disparate and so forth. It becomes increasingly important that the nodes on that sort of increasingly complex network have sort of clear lines to voice whatever they're sensing. You know what I mean? You know, I wonder if maybe in 10 years, when somebody looks back at the type of work you guys are doing now, they will go, all they were doing was taking in hotline reports. Wow. You know? Exactly. Wow. All they did was slice that bread. So anyway, uh, I think we both really agree. This is a, a really important book. The concepts she puts forth are really, I think, incredibly important and really going to take not hotlines, not reporting, but compliance to the next step. And it starts with you. It starts with you and your team, right? Like, can you turn the whole battleship in one, you know, one fell swoop? Probably not. But you can start on your team and you can start exhibiting the vulnerability and the authenticity that's going to spark, you know, that's going to create the umbrella of psychological safety that's going to spark your people to engage more authentically and start speaking up. If you can start working on your little corner of the world that you're in charge of, and that can be an example to other places, it's very quick. You know, a fire can spread very quickly. And it's a fire that we all want to spread because it's all our natural way. You know what I'm saying? These facades we place on ourselves in our workplaces are not natural. Yeah, this is absolute re- required, absolutely required reading for everyone in compliance. So, Nick, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I hope our listeners will join us again tomorrow when we finish up with The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. I uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Bye-bye. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.